North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bag full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supply. See stores for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to another show of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor practicing natural medicine right here in sunny San Diego, California. I'm so glad you could join me. I have a very special evening in store for you tonight. In just a moment, I'm going to introduce our guest. But first, I want you to set these days down on your calendar. One week from today, we're going to be discussing a topic that is of interest to virtually all of us, and that is sex. So many women have zero sex drive. So many men are experiencing erectile dysfunction but are embarrassed to discuss it with their doctor. We'll be discussing natural treatment options for sex drive and fertility with Dr. Carrie Jones. That's one week from today. Just one week after that, we'll be talking about natural solutions for men's health with Dr. Eric Yarnell, men's health expert. We'll be covering prostate health, kidney stones, and a lot more. And now we're going to get started with something that is such a relevant topic to so many of us, and that's how to talk with your doctor. Patients are frustrated, doctors are frustrated, and so much miscommunication and missed opportunities are occurring in today's doctor's visits. How can you maximize your doctor's visit? I want to tell you about our special guest today. Joining us is a physician who has stood the test of time in our healthcare system and has really stuck to his guns. This is a doctor who was using both conventional and holistic treatments when it wasn't so popular. Our guest today is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Dr. Hoffman is a successful physician, author, and broadcaster who hosts Health Talk. It's a syndicated radio talk show that he started in 1987. He's the founder and director of the Hoffman Center in New York City and is a practitioner of holistic medicine. He's authored numerous books, and the most recent just released a paperback entitled How to Talk with Your Doctor, which I love the emphasis on the with. It's a guide for patients and doctors who want to reconcile and use the best of conventional and alternative medicine. Dr. Hoffman, are you there? Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, I am, Lauren. Nice talking to you. Hi. Well, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your Jets win. Oh, yes, indeed. Well, uh, at least uh, we're not talking to you in, in Boston, though we might have a little difficulty having conducting a civil conversation. Uh, you know, but we do, we do appreciate You're from uh, Orange County? Yeah, I live here down in San Diego, California oh, now. San Diego? Moved, Thank moved you very much up. for giving uh, LaDainian Tonelson to, to us, please. Uh, uh, Lauren, it was very kind of you to pass him along to us. No problem. And I have to say, you know, my football knowledge is very limited. I have to say I feel extremely cool that I know the names of both quarterbacks playing on Sunday. Um, actually, all four teams still in the running. I, I know the, the names of them, so I feel really excited about that. Well, maybe because they're they're so hunky. That could be it. That's probably it. <laughs> Special interest. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you, so what, what led you to become a doctor who practices complementary alternative medicine? Well, it, it's, it's actually interesting because I uh, – entered that field at a time when some of my predecessors, like Dr. Robert Atkins, uh, had been conventional doctors. They grew frustrated, and then they became complementary physicians. That was uh, in the days of the the great initiators of this movement. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I actually, looking at them as role models, entered the field totally wanting to practice complementary medicine. 
Uh, I came to it from a background of studying acupuncture and herbal medicine, and I went to medical school with the intent of becoming a holistic physician. So um, the reason I did that is um, in those days, uh, I really, when I went to college, I really thought it would be very square to become a doctor. You know, what's the big deal? What's unique about that? But to become a holistic doctor, that might enable me to make a unique contribution. And so I stuck to my guns, as you said. And um, in those days, it was a little. The pathways were a little less clear. But I began practice utilizing as many tools as I could. In those days, they didn't have uh, marvelous training courses such as they have now. And I put together a repertoire of tools. I did a lot of self-teaching, and the rest is history. Wow, that's that's great. And 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 so the the school that you you went to, the Albert Einstein School of Medicine, correct? Yes. And uh, so at the time, you were kind of probably ostracized for, for your, your field that you're pursuing, right? Well, I wasn't really ostracized, but they just thought I was a little bit odd. <laughs> uh, I would do things like uh, sponsor uh, luncheons where we would eat uh, tofu and brown rice. Of course, in those days, right. macrobiotic diet and vegetarianism were all in vogue. Uh, and I would talk about the use of uh, natural therapies and herbs and acupuncture. And uh, they thought it was kind of you know, a little odd. They didn't mm-hmm. particularly ostracize me. But I had to kind of keep my cards close to my vest, especially when I talked to my professors. Right. Okay, so what was that experience like with your professors? What was the uh, the view then, and how is it changing? Well, it was interesting. You know, when I, I told one of my advisors, he said, you know, when I completed my studies, he said, well, what type of uh, medicine are you interested in practicing? I completed my medical education. And I said, well, I'm interested in doing holistic medicine. And he said, gee, I don't quite understand what that is. And I said, well, you know, I'd be talking to patients about diet and supplements and herbs. And he was silent. And he, he was thinking to himself and thinking to himself. And he furrowed his brow. And then he said something very odd. He said, well, that means that you probably won't be making much more money than a psychiatrist. <laughs> As if that was the worst <laughs> fate in the world. Right. Talking right. to patients extensively instead of doing procedures and surgery, the real money makers in medicine. But, you know, he saw it as, why would a gifted student like you uh, eschew a promising career and just talk to patients about mm-hmm. lifestyle and supplements and things like that? Mm-hmm. So what 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 brought you to write this book, How to Talk with Your Doctor? What was that inspiration from? Well, part of it was uh, born out of a certain degree of frustration that I was experiencing and that many of my patients uh, uh, experience in talking to their physicians about the use of complementary therapies. And by that I mean the whole gamut, uh, uh, special diets, uh, the use of vitamins and herbs. Uh, And some doctors, they absolutely shut down when that conversation begins. I mean, I don't fault some doctors for saying, look, I don't know much about this. I can't really inform you. I'm sorry. That's at least an admission of ignorance. But some doctors are vociferously clashing with patients disparaging patients, making patients feel like morons for utilizing natural therapies. And I think that's that's inexcusable in this in this in this modern time. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, reading through your book today, I was a lot of doctors want to learn more about natural medicine, but they're just they're they're tired, they're overworked, they you know, they're they're stuck in a system I think a lot of them wish that they could get out of from talking with a lot of different doctors over the last few excuse me, a few years, um, what can these doctors do to 
offer more natural medicine for their patients, um, what are some options and solutions for them? Well, you know, I actually take a sympathetic view of conventional doctors because some patients mm-hmm. get very angry that their doctors aren't interested in this. But I try to explain to patients that the whole orientation in medical school uh, is to disparage these therapies, unfortunately, in many cases, uh, although many medical schools are establishing fine programs to at least acquaint people about this. Uh, I talked to an oncologist uh, on my program. I was interviewing him, and he'd written a very interesting book about cancer, and I asked him what he thought about alternative therapies, and he said, and this is a brilliant oncologist, and he's written a marvelous book, and he really understands and gets it about the tremendous high-tech advances in cancer. And he said, well, honestly, quite honestly, I don't know very much about alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate. I think it behooves physicians who deal with patients on a daily basis to inform themselves, at least in a cursory way, with some of the features of at least as relevant to their field. For example, a cardiologist who's talking to patients really needs to know about nutrients like magnesium and their effect on the heart or coenzyme Q10 and why patients might be reaching for a carnitine uh, or using herbs like Hawthorne to regulate the heart rate and what the pros and cons of these therapies might be. and Could, could they interfere with conventional therapies? Uh, could they be used simultaneously? And that's what my book tries to provide to patients and clinicians as well. I hope that patients will obtain the book, and maybe send a complimentary copy to their doctor so their doctor can open their mind just a, just a little bit to these options. Absolutely. Yeah, I I loved one of the quotes that you had in your book, and that's, um, I'm just going to read it. Most doctors entered medical school with a sense of purpose and idealism, ready to heal the sick and save lives. But once in the real world, many have found instead a medical maze of government regulation, piles of paperwork, health insurer scrutiny, pressure from patients and, pharm- uh, and pharmaceutical companies to prescribe the most heavily marketed brand name, brand name drugs and the ever-present fear of malpractice. You know, coming from a naturopathic perspective, where I am, I just see that and I just I really feel for a lot of um, mainstream doctors. It just seems yep. like it's a, it's a very difficult position to be in. The, the pressures are enormous, and mm-hmm. uh, you have an advantage uh, because you went into this field fully um, engaged in terms of your idealism and able to practice in an environment where mostly uh, your idealism is rewarded by patients, patients seeking your type of care. Uh, in a conventional medical setting, a lot of idealistic doctors, frankly, get ground down. And, you know, we have, the reason I wrote, I actually rewrote this book, this book was originally written a couple of years ago, and I reissued it uh, in an updated version because, as we all know, we're on the verge of a tremendous medical crisis. And, you know, it's not about whether we uh, pass Obamacare or whether uh, we repeal it. Uh, It goes much deeper than that because rationing is going to happen. It's going to happen either via insurance companies or via government restrictions on the care that we receive because our care is too unwieldy, it's too expensive, it's too toxic. Uh, Our populace is getting sicker and sicker. And, yes, we have some miracle uh, treatments for certain diseases, but the model is headed in the wrong direction. And we really need to bring some of these complementary therapies into medicine so that we can save our medical system from from self-destruction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And to go into perspective from the doctor and from the patient, it's, it's a very different experience on, on the two different fronts. So from a doctor, um, a, a lot of common uh, things that you hear is, you know, 
a patient will mention something that they want to be that they're interested in trying as a as a you know a therapy for example, and the doctor will say, oh, it's not it's not research. You know, there's no studies to show that. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, I absolutely can. Uh, you know, that's <coughs> excuse me, that's a very common refrain from patients. They go to their doctors, and the doctor says something to the effect of, uh, "There's no research on that," which is false because. There's a tremendous amount of research. Of course, you know this, Lauren, because you're you're on top of the research. You probably spend hours every week uh, updating yourself on the latest research as pertains to natural medicine, the, the hundreds and hundreds of studies that are coming out on marvelous nutrients like vitamin D and green tea and resveratrol, many of the things that we use in our natural arsenal. The, the, the research is ongoing, and it's there. So it's it's not true. It's simpler to deny that the research is there and claim that this is unscientific. That's a stereotype. Um, the other thing that doctors sometimes say, they say, look, if this stuff really worked, wouldn't we all be using it in right. conventional medicine? And that's another big falsehood. That's a big lie, because we know that many very promising therapies don't make it into the mainstream of medicine for, unfortunately, economic reasons, for ideological reasons, not for practical reasons. These are therapies that work, but they simply get pushed outside the mainstream and uh, the door is, is locked and they can't enter the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you likened it to uh, Galileo back in the day with the, you know, his, his uh, assertions that the, um, you know, the, the earth went around the sun and how the, the church really opposed that. It's just uh, ideas are are rejected before they're accepted, even if they're completely accurate. Right. But what's, what's interesting, and you see this in your practice, is that unfortunately this is resulting in a crisis of confidence in modern medicine, and there are many people who are voting with their feet, and they're going to complementary and alternative practitioners, even when insurance doesn't sometimes cover uh, naturopathic services or the services of a holistic physician. Unfortunately, the insurance system isn't geared that way, but people are saying, yeah, you know, great, I can get my bypass or I can get my uh, uh, medicine on a copay. You know, my $5 copay will pay for five different drugs, but I'd rather uh, pay the good money that I've earned to see a complimentary practitioner, get this stuff all straightened out so that I don't go down the uh, rabbit hole with mm-hmm. unnecessary therapies that make me sick. Right. And a, and a huge problem really in our healthcare is just the lack of communication between different types of doctors. I see this all the time with patients that, yep. for example, my grandma, she's been a, a Kaiser patient for many, many years now, and she's finding that her doctors are not very accepting to her you know, pursuing outside therapies. And so she feels like she's caught in this crossfire between natural doctors and medical doctors. And she really just, she wants to make both of her doctors proud that she's really compliant, but she feels like she's stuck in between this battle. Yeah, you know, the poor patient is stuck in the middle, and I hate to put patients in, in that position. I don't want to make it a tug of war. Uh, I'm very happy to talk sometimes to potentially hostile conventional doctors. They're, look, many of them are not. Many of them you know, listen very uh, attentively. They, they're, mm-hmm. they want to learn more about this. They feel uh, that they just haven't had the opportunity, but some have a hostile attitude. But I like to coordinate care with patients. Unfortunately, um, there is a tendency among some, I'm going to underline some, conventional doctors to regard integrative practitioners as um, outside the mainstream, not true professional colleagues, uh, Mm -hmm. not worthy of discussion with, 
And uh, that's uh, a serious problem for the patient. And, you know, look, even if you thought, and uh, you see this sometimes, you see some patients who are doing things that you really probably think are totally misguided. Mm-hmm. You know, right? I mean, in your Absolutely. daily practice. Absolutely. I mean, somebody, somebody may be trying to, you know, they may have a, a large cancerous tumor and they'd be, be putting a mustard plaster on it in the belief that it's going to, <laughs> going to melt away. And so, but the approach to take with a patient like that is not to berate the patient, to yell at the patient, uh, to say, you know, if you don't follow my instructions, I'm going to fire you. I can no longer be responsible for your care. It's to uh, firmly and emphatically uh, provide the, the information for the patient uh, to make a more reasonable decision. And, you know, some people may not listen to your advice, but at least make the case, make the case calmly, rationally. And the same is the case for, you know, say a cardiologist who may uh, disagree with a type of natural therapy. It behooves them to get on the horn, talk to the natural therapist, see if you can work something out that's really to the benefit of the patient so there's not a conflict like, you know, reconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, in your practice, you uh, do you have a network? Like, are you working with other healthcare providers? Are there other, um, you know, holistically trained medical doctors that you work with in your area? How common is that out there? Well, I, I do, uh, and uh, you know, actually, I have a, I, my practice consists of myself and uh, a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I don't have a, a big, you know, large medical center with a lot of different uh, subspecialists as you know there are some holistic medical centers like that where there's acupuncturists chiropractors reflexologists naturopaths mm-hmm. in conjunction with MDs and you know oriental medicine and so on uh, I but in New York we have a large community of these types of people so for some people it might be appropriate to send them for acupuncture I have a network of colleagues there I try to have a network or a Rolodex that's an old term isn't it a uh, <laughs> little bit uh, on my smartphone, my iPad has, you know, a contact list for people who are at least amenable to natural medical approaches. So when I send somebody to a cardiologist, the cardiologist doesn't immediately say, "Oh, what? You're seeing that, Dr. Hoffman? Mm-hmm. That, oh, that, that his ideas are harebrained. How can you possibly follow that? That's not going to work." Yeah. No, I think it's great to have that. Um you know, that network, that support network around you for patients because they just, they love that. I mean, patients absolutely love when their doctors are open-minded and it just, it, it creates such a better experience for them just in their communication. And um, so from from a, what's, what's some advice for patients when they're coming to see their doctor and they want to, you know, follow their doctor's advice, but they have ideas and they don't want to, you know, step on the doctor's toes because they obviously patients are doing their research on the internet and diagnosing themselves left and right before even seeing a doctor. So, what are some what's some advice for patients when they're actually seeing their doctor? Well, it's tough because if you come with like she you know reams and reams of uh, printouts, uh, as valid as they may be, you're going to intimidate your doctor, and your doctor is subject these days to tremendous time constraints. So, uh, chunk the information, uh, be organized. It's permissible to bring a list of questions, and in fact, what I really suggest patients do, uh, it's a little bit like having a resume. You know, when you provide, uh, you're going from a job interview and you're showing a new potential uh, employer uh, your qualifications, just put it on one sheet. And I actually appreciate it when patients come in and bring me a list, a problem list, uh, that's, uh, you know, finite and they prioritize things and they highlight 
what their concerns are. And there may be a series of questions, and you can't have 49 questions, but you can have three or four uh, that you might broach with your doctor. And mm -hmm. if there's uh, a question of a follow-up, provide the doctor with, you know, where you learned about this, what they love scientific references, and um, you can dialogue with your physician. If you can't, though, if your physician says, look, I don't have time for this, I'm not even going to do this, it's time to vote with your feet because mm -hmm. in most areas, I mean, we may be talking to some people in uh, rural areas where there's only one specialist for, you know, 50,000 people and, you know, you have no choice. But uh, in most uh, metropolitan areas, you have a choice, and many of your listeners are in Southern California, one of the most progressive areas in the country, and many doctors are holistically attuned. So if you can't have this dialogue with your doctor, um, you know, you're not stuck. Just Absolutely. And, you move know, on down the um, line. For, for those listeners, the, uh, there's many different organizations that, um, you know, holistically-minded doctors are a part of. So ACAM is one that we're both very involved with. That's just American College for Advancement of Medicine. It's amazing uh, training that they provide to doctors every six months to just keep us really up to date with the current research and what works best, you know, conventionally and holistically. So it's just a great organization. So it's ACAM.org, and you can type in your zip code and find a holistically trained doctor. Excuse me, trained doctor in your area um, who's you know very open-minded to all these things that we're discussing. You do have options as patients. Um, what are some other qualities a patient should look for in their doctor? Well, I think that uh, your doctor, uh, you know, we, we like we all like bedside manner. You know, we always like doctors to be really kind and really friendly. And I think that's of importance, but I actually place that second tier. I think what you really want is you want someone who to be a real health advocate for you, somebody who will go to bat for you, who will do the research that's necessary to find an answer to your problem, uh, who will support you in the healthcare system and support the decisions you're making, provided that your decisions make sense and are rational and are in your own interest. And uh, also, um, you want, in a physician, I mean, the, why physicians go to medical school is because they're scientists, they're wonky, they're intelligent mm -hmm. kids, but they also want to be humanitarian. So the perfect fusion is a doctor who is uh, humane and helpful, uh, but also is brilliant and really is going to uh, use that scientific background to your to your advantage. Not a doctor who just follows uh, simplistic guidelines and um, is always looking over their shoulder to make sure that um, it's not going to be about some kind of lawsuit or they're not going to get uh, penalized. It's a right. lot of, unfortunately, there are a lot of things, and we're just going to see more and more of this in medicine, is guidelines, guidelines, guidelines uh, that uh, really are going to impair doctors' creativity and problem solving. Mm -hmm. Doctors had a lot more freedom. The old-time docs had a lot more freedom to get a little experimental with their treatments. It's It's not so... Free nowadays, you know the they, FDA they regulations and state medical boards and malpractice suits, and it's a whole lot to to keep in mind when treating patients. And it's good because it's you know for safety, but at the same time, it it can limit a lot of um, you know ideas with treatment options. Exactly, and uh, you know the other thing is I, that I recommend to patients is be persistent. See if you can find an answer, um, and um, don't settle for inadequate medical care because you you know it's it's sort of like 
settling into a bad marriage, you know, sort of mm-hmm. like, I really like this person, but, you know, I don't think I can do better. And you know, Just take the step of interviewing uh, several physicians if you're not happy with your current physician. And uh, don't be afraid to get a second opinion. There's there's a system for that in this country. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm really impressed with patients who take responsibility for their health, come in with the questions. They have, you know, a list of concerns that they have. They have their own medical um, lab work. I love that. You know, I give a, a copy yep. of, of labs to every single patient. Every single lab we run, they get a copy of it for their file. I just think it's so important to take responsibility for your health. And, you know, there isn't a pill for every condition. It's like you really got to take responsibility, learn about, read about these conditions, and let it be a partnership with your doctor. Absolutely. And, you know, it, that's a good word because, uh you know, your doctor has certain responsibilities, but you can't abdicate your responsibilities. Your responsibilities are to keep comprehensive medical records. And don't depend yet on uh, pie-in-the-sky electronic medical records because it's not there yet. And uh, right now, because medical record-keeping is so fragmented, uh, you should really have a sort of a central repository of all your tests and, you know, organize it for your doctor, summarize it, uh, provide them with helpful lists of the things that you're taking and the supplements that you're taking. And uh, I actually had a very interesting patient who came into my office, and I said, what supplements you take? And he, he, he um, showed me his iPhone. He'd taken pictures of each and every supplement that wow. he was taking, including the labels. And I thought, wow, that's much better than, and it's much less intimidating than bringing in a bag. That bag always scares me when they bring out the shopping bag and they've got the, you know, twenty different supplements. I go, oh, wow. here we go. And but it was all there and it was clear and and uh, easy, easy to, easy to read and discern. Yeah, that's great, and especially with all the new iPhone apps. You know, there's pictures of everything, and Hippocrates is so helpful. Um, I wanted to mention the guest call-in number for people who have uh, questions. It's a eight one eight four nine five. Six nine one nine. That's eight one eight four nine five six nine one nine. If you have a question for Dr. Hoffman, um, now from coming from a naturopathic perspective, um, myself and for the different naturopathic st- doctors and students that are listening in, um, what can we do to help bridge the gap for patients who who want to turn to conventional as well as natural medicine? You know, what can we do to help in that process? As naturopaths, uh, you know, like I think there's tremendous. Uh, potential for naturopathic medicine because the training is, I mean, if I had gone to medical school and had that much concerted training uh, in naturopathic techniques, I would have been way ahead of the game and I wouldn't have had to uh, spend the next few years playing catch-up ball. So there's, you really have tremendous advantages in being exposed to some of the finest minds. Uh, you know, the texts are terrific. The teachers are, are fantastic in, in the naturopathic schools. And more and more naturopathic doctors are coming to be respected and they're coming to be um, licensed and considered legitimate. Certain states are a little backwards. My own state of New York happens to be a foot-dragger in that regard. That's one of the reasons is that we have a very powerful uh, state medical society. And they're frankly worried about competition from naturopathic doctors. And there's that old attitude of the naturopathic doctors are quacks mm-hmm. because they use natural therapy. I mean, frankly, I'm just going to be quite honest about that. That's a that's a primitive attitude. But doctors uh, have a sense of superiority, and they think that people using natural therapies are, um, you know, they're, they're practicing voodoo. So, um, you know, I think that the naturopaths have an important role to play, and more and more so, I think as the healthcare system gets uh, overburdened and as, you know, frankly, many doctors are going to drop out of the medical system. They, they really are not going to enjoy practicing medicine with the new um, strictures on uh, their fees, on, you know, Medicare, on what they can do. 
and um, you know we're going to see probably more participation from uh, non-MDs, from hopefully naturopaths, but also nurses and nurse practitioners, because we're going to need more people to run the healthcare system with more people eligible for medical care, uh, but we're going to have less funds available, and uh, you know doctors won't be able to drive around in uh, Mercedes and um, you know charge huge fees as they have in the past. And, um, you know, we're going to really change the face of medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely changing. Um, what do you see as your vision for a new way of health care? What's that look for you? Well, the way I see it is obviously we're going to need high-tech elements in our health care system. Mm-hmm. And these are especially important when it comes to critical care and trauma, you know, you just saw an illustration of that with uh, Representative Giffords. It's the kind of thing that's happening now. We couldn't conceive of uh, 10 or 20 years ago the impressive survival of people who have horrendous trauma. And that part of it's our, born of our experience in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We have these MASH unit types who come back and they benefit from their field experience and help to save lives. So this is wonderful. Uh, We may be seeing some exciting advances in uh, cancer therapy, hopefully. You know, I don't uh, discount uh, conventional therapies for cancer. The drugs, however, are going to be very, very uh, expensive, uh, potentially toxic. Uh, We're going to need more and more people involved at the front lines of prevention. And I can't think of a better type of physician to do that than a naturopathic physician or a holistic physician. You know, as you probably do with your patients. I spend an awful lot of time with my patients who maybe they haven't come down with a major illness, but we really try to scope out what their vulnerabilities and susceptibilities are, and um, we try to prevent them from having uh, foreseeable problems, cardiovascular disease, cancer, inflammatory and autoimmune disorders, and um, optimize them so that uh, they don't become a burden to the medical system. I think mm-hmm. we can save money that way and you know, ultimately uh, save the system from imploding. Absolutely. What was the, you had a statistic in your book? I think it was uh, I can't remember the source. I didn't write it down, but it said that if uh, if patients just take a multivitamin every day for five years, it showed that it, it would save our country like one point six billion dollars or something <laughs> like right. that. Like, yeah, just the most basic yeah, well, things can can save so much money for our country. I'll give you an example. You know, I just did a story on my show about uh, macular degeneration. Uh, macular degeneration, the major cause of blindness in over 65s. Uh, in uh, about eight years ago, uh, 9% of Caucasian women by the age of uh, 70 uh, were showing signs of macular degeneration. Um, then the survey just taken a couple of years ago, where the results have just been analyzed, uh, that's gone down to 6%. So what's happening? That's like a 50% reduction in the incidence of macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not about better medical care or incredible new breakthroughs in treatment for this type of macular degeneration. There are no new medical breakthroughs. What it's about is that a very high percentage of the aging population, they're taking supplements containing nutrients like zinc, lutein, DHA, zeaxanthin. They're taking a lot of the popular eye formulas, and that's making a huge dent in the incidence of this uh, terrible disease. And I think that's just a, you know one small example of where enlightened self-care and the use of you know a few simple supplements can save us big bucks on on the medical front. Mhm. Definitely. We have a question. I think it's uh I think I know who this caller is from 303. Go ahead and bring you on the air. Caller, are you there? I am. Hi, what's your name and where are you calling from? 
Stephen calling from Colorado. Hi, Stephen. What's your question? Well, I had a question. I I feel intimidated quite often when I'm at the doctor's office. Um, I respect uh, the education level, and I find that uh, there's times when um, I don't know the right questions to ask. I mean, uh, you know, just in my general physical and, and whatnot, um, I, I don't know if there's a, a series of questions that I should be asking uh, just about my general health. Yeah, that, that's a really great, great question. And, you know, I, what I sometimes try to do with my patients as kind of a medical coordinator is I try to focus them in terms of what they should be asking their specialists because some of them uh, come to me and say, you know, I was bewildered after seeing my cardiologist or, you know, I just saw a patient today who said, I was just flummoxed because my doctor said my osteoporosis was so bad that I couldn't uh, do yoga, that I couldn't ride a horse. Uh, they made me feel like I was about to fall apart. And I said, well, here's some of the questions you need to ask your doctor. Well, actually, I answer them myself. But, you know, I think um, you can get some benefit from a uh, complementary practitioner to be sort of a, a quarterback and help you uh, formulate the right kind of questions for your doctors. Because, frankly, I don't know what a, a cardiologist might say about a certain circumstance, but I do know what the question should be. Uh, I don't know what um, an oncologist might say about certain things. That's why I send patients to specialists. But we can help you formulate better questions. But, you know, you probably want to know what, you know, maybe you're not seeing a holistic doctor. What should you ask? You should be really looking at, you know, when a doctor recommends a test, well, you have to ask, well, why should I take this test? What information is it going to provide us? And how, this is a really important part, how is it going to change my care? Is it going to make a difference in terms of changing my care? Um, when you take a medication, you have to get fully informed about the side effects. These days you can look this up. It's relatively easy. Uh, but you have to say, what are we trying to accomplish with this? And is there uh, a potential way that I can avoid taking this medication? If I lose 15 pounds or if I begin to exercise or is this the last resort? Can you give me a trial period of, say, three to six months to combat my developing diabetes, if I demonstrate to you that my blood sugars are coming down, can we negotiate this? And then it's a matter of, you know, hopefully your physician is somewhat receptive and isn't just going to shut you down. If you find that they repeatedly shut you down and intimidate you and you feel like uh, they're making you feel like an idiot, uh, that's not good. Nobody is so stupid that they need to be made to feel stupid when they're in a doctor's office. Does that help? Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks Enjoy for your show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And get the book because we do address yeah. we do address those concerns in the book. There's a whole list of how to you know questions that you should have to prepare yourself for a doctor's visit, you know, things that you should uh uh bring, you know, it gives you like a step-by-step -step approach to making your your visit more efficient and mm -hmm. ultimately more fulfilling. Well, and I think that, that um, patients are confused with information. You know, they, they're looking at Wikipedia, they're just doing Google searches and finding bits and pieces of information all over the Internet written just by normal people that don't know really what they're writing about a lot of times. It could be, you know, legit sources, but you just never know. So what are, what are some sources that you recommend for patients to get accurate, reliable information? Um, you know, i got to say that, one of the big resources, and this is self-serving, but I think it's also um, accrues to 
what you're doing is there's some really good sources of information out there uh, via radio programs and blogs and uh, podcasts. Uh, but you have to be selective because I think there's some unfortunate instances where people are, are basically trying to peddle something. It's virtually an infomercial. Uh, the information is all in support of selling you a product. And what you need to find is that, you know, if there's a, a kind of an impartial arbiter of information, someone who's equally critical of conventional medicine but also will point out the excesses of complementary medicine when it makes outlandish claims. And mm-hmm. that's that's my goal. I want to be a reliable source of information to the public and you know, be sort of a traffic director because I think we need that. Absolutely. Um what are some websites that you like? Do you do you recommend um like up to date for patients? Um I've recommended up that to a date? few times. Mm-hmm. Up to date? Uh yeah, I've looked, I've seen that website. I'm not that familiar with it. T- uh, tell us about it. Well, it's, it's similar to Hippocrates. You know, it's updated really frequently, mm-hmm. and it has um, some pretty good information, but there's up-to-date for patients. It's a, there's a doctor version and a patient version, and mm-hmm. uh, provides it's, it's, it's updated really frequently, and that's why they call it up-to-date. And it, it, it has a, it's language that patients can really understand in reading about different conditions. And there's a lot of treatments that aren't included on it, uh, but what is included is generally really um, accurate and um, very comprehensive that I've seen in my experience. Uh, one of the things I like is it's called NutraIngredients.com. It has the latest uh, studies uh, on various supplements. Sometimes the language is a little technical, but you can learn about what some of the uh, research is telling us about you know, natural supplements. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's news, and it's, these articles are written for uh, enlightened laypeople or health professionals. Um, I also like something called Vitasearch.com. Uh, where you can look up various conditions and find out what supplements um, may be helpful for it, you know, with scientific evidence, not just claims, but actual mm-hmm. scientific evidence. Um, I, um, you know, my website has a lot of articles on uh, nutrients, and we try to post new information all the time, and it has links to some of the articles we talk about in my radio program. I try to just make it kind of a knowledge repository. That's drhoffman.com. And um, those are some of the resources that I think are easily accessible. You probably have a website or information. Uh, it's in, it's uh, under construction. Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, I just from the tenor of this conversation, I can see that, the information that you offer is is very balanced and responsible. And thank you, know, you. I appreciate that. Um, your radio show. How can uh, how can people tune into you? Where do they check that out? Yeah, it's it's easy. Uh, you can. It's on iTunes. So if you Google, I mean, if you go to iTunes and you search Dr. Ronald Hoffman, or if you search Health Talk is the name of the show, you can find the show, and then you can subscribe to it, or you can go to. Um, WORradionet.com or more easily WOR710.com. That's where they archive all the radio shows. And you can click on subscribe now and subscribe to all the shows and it'll be delivered to you like uh, you know your daily newspaper. And then uh, you can listen to the shows whenever you like. You don't have to be in a certain area of the country or schedule a date to listen to the show. My show's on at weird times in different parts of the country. I just got a letter from some guy in Connecticut, and he says, I listen to your show every day. Unfortunately, it's on at 4 a.m., but I have the kind of software. I said, oh, my condolences. I'm sorry you're up that early. 
<laughs> but he doesn't have to listen to it at 4 a.m., right? He can listen to it at another yeah, time. Yeah, he can listen to podcasts yeah. when he does <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, he's a dedicated listener. Um, and your book is available on uh, Amazon and any – is there a, a different site the that it's available? Sites. Yeah, mm-hmm. the usual sites. It's uh, How to Talk with Your Doctor. And it just the I just worked on a an update to the book because uh, it was it, it was two years old, but it was time for an update, and we provided each chapter heading with an update on what we think is new and notable in each field. But you, you'll get information on what to talk to your surgeon about if you're undergoing surgery, your oncologist, your cardiologist. We give examples, and um, it so you know it's a good way of opening up a proper dialogue. About yeah, I think it's a crucial read for for doctors and for patients alike, just to really start to bridge this gap between, you know, the two the two sides. It's just it's too separated nowadays, and it's just like we all want the best care for patients, and these issues are so um, they're just they're preventable. So um, I think it's really important just to be able to put put your shoes, you know, put yourself in the shoes of the other person and see it from the doctor's perspective, see it from the patient's perspective, and I think through that a lot of this can be alleviated. Well, I appreciate your diligence in uh, actually going to the book and looking at it. Yeah. Uh, I read it on my Kindle today at the park in the sun. It was beautiful. <laughs> Good job. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. My my pleasure. Yeah, and good luck to your Jets on Sunday. Okay. <laughs> you have a great rest of your week. You too. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. It was a great show. Uh, Mark your calendars again for next week uh, with Dr. Carrie Jones. We'll be talking about sex and fertility and natural treatments to optimize that. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.